Hello everyone and welcome to episode 36 of Finding My Voice and uh, I have something very special to say. I will be drinking some champagne. I have a small bottle of champagne here today as I record this because I am celebrating two things. Um, first a trans related thing and then a roleplay related thing. I should give you a heads up so you know what it's going to be about. It's going to be about LARPing later, not by LARPing because I started LARPing again. But first of all, let me uh, see if I can get this bottle open. There we go. That worked out fine, didn't it? You see, um, I have got an appointment to see a doctor. Um, it is at, uh, hear that? Oh my gosh, yes. <sighs> um, it's the one I have been waiting for since well my whole life actually but ma mainly i have been waiting for this since i sent the application in in 2000 and was it 19 i think it was yeah no 2019 and i'm now gonna get to see a doctor now um that doesn't mean sweden has fixed the issues i will see this doctor on a saturday this is because um He's coming in on his spare time. There are a few doctors doing this um, to work, to, to, to just help help lighten the loads because um, th there is no actual doctor working at that place and hasn't been for a long time, so the queue has not been moving. Uh, but about six months ago, maybe a bit more, doctors started coming in on the free time to, to just take cases to make sure something was happening. And that is why I now have an appointment on a Saturday. It is terrible that that's what has to happen, but I'm just so incredibly happy that I am finally going to get to see a doctor and have a possibility of getting diagnosed. And let's face it, I, uh, I am going to get diagnosed. It's the only thing that makes any sense. Um, I've already been on HRT, hormone replacement therapy, almost two years when I see him. Not quite. Uh, I started in August, but almost, yeah, it's almost two years. Um, I've already changed my name. Um, I've started lasering my face for my own money, you know, without getting that famous um, single-payer system that Sweden's so famous for. Well, it doesn't apply to me. Um, until I get my diagnosis, of course, and wait a hell of a lot more. Uh, but anyway, this is happening, because uh, let's, let's take a sip. Oh, yes. Mmm, and a bit of cheese. Uh, because now I'm going to get to see a doctor, and sure, sometimes, sometimes you see doctors that are terrible and transphobic. Yes, some people do work in that business, um, too, and that's terrible. Uh, but first of all, this person is coming in on his free time, so I, I, I think he cares about what he's doing, which is encouraging. Um, nom, nom, nom. And um, like, it'll just be weird of him to meet someone like me. I've been short my whole life. And the team's by me. The team stands by me and I'm already getting treatment. It'd be weird to, to not give me a diagnose. To not diagnose me. And that will set a lot of things in motion. I will get uh, my lazy treatments funded. I will get my meds funded. That will, There will be a wait period because I have to see an endocrinologist to get the meds from Sweden. And that will take time in my region. It's a two-year waiting queue which is absolutely ridiculous. Although, 
Uh, I am allowed, once I am diagnosed, I am allowed to seek uh, an endocrinologist in a different region. Just means I have to travel to them when I see them. And other regions have a lot shorter waiting times. I think it's around three months for some, most of them. So that's an obstacle I can overcome as long as I have, as long as I'm diagnosed. So this is really big news, guys. Like, uh, yeah, I could complain about a lot of stuff around this, but I am getting diagnosed. I mean, I am almost certainly getting diagnosed. It would be so weird if he didn't. And I will be so angry if he finds some weird loophole why he doesn't have to diagnose me in that. That would just be super transphobic. Uh, but yes, I am super happy about this. Is this, this is really big news. Because uh, once I have the, once I'm diagnosed, everything else can start happening. I can, I can um, have my gender legally changed, which is so bizarre. That's that's so difficult in Sweden. The, uh, the government's actually going to vote on the fifteenth of June, just um, a bit over two weeks away. The government will be voting uh, for uh, whether or not uh, to make it easier to legally change your gender. And of course, we are we are actually last in Scandinavia and the Nordic countries to do so, which is really embarrassing, really. Um, but yes, uh, I, I don't I don't begrudge the people coming after me having an easier time. It should have always been easier. I, I find it so weird that like older trans people like are are angry at younger trans people for being more visible than they were. And yeah, I get it. It does suck that we had to grow up in the closet because everyone hated us so much. Uh, there's still hate, by the way. We're not we're not free of the hate now. But yeah, I get it. But there's no point being angry at the younger trans people for for the world being better now. It means we're succeeding. It's a good thing. So yes, uh, I am really happy, and I'm drinking champagne because oh yes, because um, I will see a doctor. Right. I really thought it would take a little longer <laughs> to, to talk about, but why would it? I'm seeing a doctor. Boom. That's it. Boom. But you, you can't... You, like, I found out at work, and I had a hard time not just bursting out in tears. Tears of joy. I did tell some people at work, and we all cheered, and they said, yeah, you have to drink champagne. And it's... Yeah, I found out, like, on Thursday, and it's Sunday now, so they found out a couple of days ago... But yeah, I thought, I do have to drink champagne, and why not do it while recording, talking to you guys. Right, um, this is going to be a short episode, I guess, because I do have to go to bed at, at some point. I just, mm, so happy. And the other thing I'm also very happy about, I've, I've been foreshadowing this a bit, but yesterday I went to my first LARP in a very long time, live-action roleplay, where I played a vampire. In Vampire the Masquerade, White Wolf's very dark uh, role-playing setting, I play uh, someone of Clan Nosferatu, and I specifically asked to be a very young vampire. And uh, I was turned uh, in December, Christmas Eve, actually, uh, to, to, you know, salt in the wounds, and I'm of Clan Nosferatu, which means I it wasn't by choice. I was kidnapped, taken against my will. Um, and turning for that clan is very painful and dangerous. And my sire is a terrible, 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 violent, vicious, abusive person. Now, the player is wonderful. He's so much fun. And it did warn me. <laughs> like, uh, you know, I'm going to be a terrible father to you. And I was like, yep, that's what I'm after because I do like to cry. <laughs> and it was so much fun. Uh, Frida, who invited me to the LARP, who's been inviting me for years, and she was so happy I finally joined. Oh, yes, so much fun. Um, 
she's also a Nosferatu, and uh, she's actually the nemesis of my sire. Uh, so cool. Uh, most people do want to play somewhat powerful. I like to play the underdog here, and oh boy, is is my character an underdog? Like most people are like, oh my god, you're so young, you're just five years as a vampire. I'm like, I'm I'm six months as a, no five actually five and a half. <laughs> but it's good. Um, I think it's really underestimated. Um, sorry, um, eating cheese and drinking champagne. I warned you, but I think it's so underestimated. Um. Uh, to play a vampire game as a, f a fleshling, fledgling that's still getting used to vampire life, still learning about it, that has that sense of awe, discovering this dark and twisted and amazing world. Like, if I was to play a character that was used to all that, I miss out on that awe. So this was amazing to learn it and, and to actually, for the first time, meet other vampires, to see the spectrum of, of what kind of people you can meet in the in the unlife. Because my sire is a vicious bastard who's, who hits me and yells at me and growls at me and I have to be perfect and you know. Uh, and then I, I meet other people like he scared me that everyone else is out to get me and that kind of thing. Uh, but I had to learn and being a Nosferatu I have to be good at gathering information so he did send me out to just listen and eavesdrop. Which made me learn a lot more than I thought. I was ready to play the underdog for a long time. To just to just be very sad. You know, also being ripped from my family. I played a very, very uh, sensitive person who loves her family. And now, all of a sudden, nope, you no longer get to see them. You have a very painful, rotting body. Because that's uh, the Nosferatu clan curse. They are the one clan that cannot uh, interact with humans because they look dead. And the one, the most important law in vampire society is the masquerade. Do not ever let mortals know that vampires exist. And and if you look like a rotting corpse, then just merely showing your face among mortals is breaking that law, and that has a death penalty. And for someone uh, who loves her family, suddenly they have to think you're dead or, or missing, and you can never talk or see them again. That's really, really sad. And I love, you know me, I love playing sad characters. Like there was one scene around a table when they found out I was new. And the other clans were just flaunting their privileges. Someone said, uh, I really advise against shunning the company of humans. And, you know, that's rubbing salt in my wounds. And then everyone was talking about, oh, yes, spending time with the precious mortals in a nightclub or a theater or just a bar. It's just rubbing it in my face. And then one of them started to see me, that see that I was beginning to cry. And she was like, oh, but what I would suggest, maybe remember the things you liked and remember the company you loved and just hang on to that and think about it. So what did you like to do? And I would say, well, I did enjoy going to the musical and... She was like, oh, well, there you go. Hold on to that. And then I added, with my family. And she was like, oh. <laughs> of course, the Toreadors around, uh, like, were still flaunting their privilege. And then my sire, who never said a kind word to me. Well, he did say me, call me smart sometimes. But that was, that, was, that was the purpose of siring me, because he wasn't that smart. And he was head of the Nosferatu of, 
of Gothenburg, and he need, and if he can't do the thinking, he has to sire someone who can do it for him. That's why he made me a vampire. Uh, so calling me smart, which is really just patting himself on the back for picking the right child. Um, but this was the first kind of kind thing I ever saw him do to me. He didn't say it directly to me, but as he saw them just tormenting me with this, he just said, hey, Emmy, go check out the, the goalless eavesdrop on the meeting room and report back to me what they say. And I just, of course, I'm scared of him, so I just instantly stand up and run over there. And as I leave the, the great hall... I hear him starting to tell the others off, like, what are you doing with my child? <laughs> um, so, like, yeah, of course, he doesn't really care the way a parent figure would care. He wants me to learn and train and become a good asset. And if they break me, I won't be a good asset. But that was the first time he actually did something nice for me. And that was like, oh, wow. Now, um, he has a nemesis who is also a Nosferatu, but she's an anarch and... And my sire being of the Camarilla, he hates Anarchs. And this Bella is one is his nemesis pretty much. He had her prisoner. He tortured her for six months. He hates her. Then the Anarchs uh, uh, broke her free and they gave her protection and he could no longer torment her or torture her, which he got really upset about. Now, of course I knew who Bella was, because Bella's played by Frida, um, one of my best friends. Um the one who invited me to the LARP, uh, but my character didn't know. And But the first thing I heard from her was she walking up behind me as her group was passing mine, walking through the hallway, and she just quietly said as she was passing me by, It's not right. What's been done to you? But no, you're not alone. And I, I stirred and turned to look, and I just saw her walk past me, not acknowledging my existence. Because, you see, she knew that being seen talking to me would be dangerous to me. But she knew how horrible my sire was for being, because he was his victim for so long. And when she saw him having a young fledgling in his care, her heart went out to me. It was so sweet. But we never actually talked more than hi. Because, like, she knew that would be dangerous to me. Like, if he saw me converting with, with his nemesis, that would be dangerous to me. But I eavesdropped all around the night, and it turns out that Bella became the new baron of certain domains in the in the in the Gothenburg um, uh, domain in the, the Gothenburg area. And a baron is what? Okay, sorry, I haven't explained it. Uh, the Camarilla is one one society, and they have the prince who is their leader. Uh, anarchs, they are more well, they're anarchs, uh, and their leader is called a baron. And there's an alliance between Anarchs and Camarilla in Gothenburg. Something my sire hates, because he hates the Anarchs. Anyway, uh, Bella became a new baron because there was, um, there was some animosity within the Anarchs. So now, um, she's, I see her first, the first person to actually give me proper support. And then I see her rise in the ranks. And then I understand, I'm made to understand that my sire hates her so much. I actually sit in on a meeting with my sire and the other anarchs. Um, and they were officially retracting their protection of Bella. And the smile on my sire's face. That was the scariest thing I've ever seen. And I knew he wanted her dead. I knew I was his slave. 
I could not be seen to even think thoughts against him. But Bella was the first person to show me kindness. I felt like I had to warn her somehow. I cannot rec uh, like retell the whole night, but this the 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 drama and the intrigues I was thrown into since the moment I walked into Elysium was amazing. And she sent some of her allies to just give me some encouraging messages. And it was so cool. I had to go around seeing if I could find ways to warn her about the plots against her. She surely knew about some of them, but I had some details that might have helped her. I knew that I would probably eventually end up rising against my sire. I just had no idea that that seed would be sown in my first night in Gothenburg. The first time I met my sire's nemesis, I knew I wanted to be on her side. And that was an extremely dangerous decision to make. So my point here is, you should try LARPing. It's so wonderful. Just imagine you're going, like, you have this whole, like, area, several rooms and corridors. You're playing your character, even when you're alone. You don't need an audience. You're in character. You're feeling what you're feeling. And you need to find something out. You start sneaking around. You're listening to people. You find someone you can talk to. And you get yourself involved in, in plots. It's so thrilling what a thrilling, thrilling, what, what, what's happening with my accent? Sorry, I'm being silly. Oh, more champagne. It's really amazing. <laughs> Unfortunately, the this was the last session of the season. They're taking a break for the summer. But yeah, in autumn, I'm coming back and I'm dragging Dallas with me, by the way. It was so wonderful. And yeah, Dallas, who I've been talking about before here. It's so much fun. And... The acting, like, I have an acting background, so does Dallas. Um, and Frida does, does stand on stage, too. Uh, but I notice that LARPers who get into character automatically become good actors, even if you don't have uh, a great background in acting or the training some of us do. I notice that just being in the space and being surrounded by people supporting your character work is such a great boon to acting. Everyone becomes a great actor when you're LARPing. Well, well, most most people I've seen LARP anyway at least do that. And it's really fantastic. And maybe if you're into immersion, you, you're not really into LARP, but you're into immersion around the tabletop, maybe you should try LARPing just to get a feel for it. Because you can bring some of that energy, some of that... Um, when you notice, when you realize how much just being in the room physically, just when you're in Elysium and you're talking to someone, when also having a sense of where you are in the room, where others are in the room and what other rooms there are, you have the presence of mind that a lot of people tend to forget in tabletop role-playing and just knowing what's around you, what's in the other rooms and feeling it. And when you know you have to lower your voice because people might be listening, you have to do it for real. It brings so much to it. And you can bring this feeling to the tabletop, but I think it helps to have experienced it in LARP form first because then you can, you can observe yourself and observe your reactions and realize just how much that does to your immersion. And then you can try to replicate it around the table.
But you can bet I'll be talking more about LARPing in the future because it was so good. It was so much fun. There were so many wonderful scenes. I'm not going to recant them all here. I need to plan how to explain them. Otherwise, they won't make any sense. But yes, emotions, emotions, emotions. I love it so much. Now, I'm going to finish the champagne and I'll upload this tomorrow, Monday. That's usually my schedule anyway. But yes, such great news. I am going to get a diagnose. De Sorry, English. I'm going to get diagnosed. Well, most, most, well, most probably, which is such a big step. And I'm LARPing again and I'm loving it so much. Thank you so much, Frida, for, for taking me back into this. I have so much fun with you. And thank you so much, uh, my new sire, for scaring the living crap out of me. You're scary, dude. He's, he's a lovely person, you know, before and after the game. But during the game, he is horrible. <laughs> so, right. Thank you for listening. Good night. I love you.